Okay, so welcome to the Slaying Sanctuary podcast. This is sort of our initial run. My first guest is the pianist, songwriter, extraordinaire, uh, Mr. Daniel Clark. Um, one thing that we did not cover was really anything about Daniel's involvement with uh, sort of a seminal Richmond, um, I guess you'd call him a jam band, but sort of instrumental funk band called Modern Groove Syndicate. Um, Modern Groove Syndicate kind of was playing around Richmond and vicinity um, early 2000s, mid 2000s. They had Frank Jackson on guitar for a long time, and then Trey Pollard was on guitar. Um, Joel Denunzio on drums, and uh, J.C. Cool played um, tenor sax and soprano sax with them. And of course, Todd Harrington on bass, electric bass, one of Richmond's finest. Um, it was a great band, and it was sort of where I first became aware of Daniel's um, playing in some ways. And um, certainly it was, a, it was a, a gig that he did for a long time, and it was really important to him. And he just expressed to me when the interview was over to make sure that was brought up. I mean, I could have talked to Daniel for a long time. We covered what we, we could. Um, certainly we talked a lot about VCU, and I think that is sort of going to be a theme with these podcasts, at least at first. A lot of the musicians that have gone on to kind of play jazz and its derivatives around Richmond and the vicinity went to school there. And it was an important sort of like uh, jumping off point for them in terms of how they learned and the teachers that influenced them. And um, so a lot of VCU stuff is going to be talked about. I apologize if that drives you crazy. But I think it is important. The other thing that's, that I'd like to say is that the first time I met Daniel, or I think the first time I played with him, was um, happened to be um, just some random sort of what I call society gig. I, I can't remember what it was. It was some sort of cocktail party in the, the, um, the downstairs um, sort of ballroom of the Jefferson Hotel. And we, it, was, it was a piano trio, Daniel on piano, can't remember who the bass player was, and myself on drums, and um, we were just playing standards, background music, and um, I remember thinking to myself, like, who is this guy? Because we'd be playing, you know, T for two or some some ridiculously, some ridiculous tune, and uh, this guy's playing as if we're at the Enormo Dome, and you know. If anybody's seen Daniel, he has this like sort of infectious enthusiasm, which is often vocalized as he's playing the piano in the form of like, woo. And so uh, that's when uh, he uh, became, in my mind at least, the Ric Flair of jazz. And it, uh, it's sort of that, that enthusiasm that I think is a through line with, of working with him and the sort of positivity that he brings to all the projects he does. And it's something that... Um, Certainly, if you're in the audience watching him play or if you're in, on the bandstand playing with him, that you immediately recognize as a different type of energy and one that is really, really important in sort of bringing the music to a certain level. Uh, anyway, without further ado, uh, here is the uh, podcast, the Slang Sanctuary podcast with Daniel Clark.
Welcome, here we are in Scott's Edition Sound, engineered by the great Palmer Wilkins for the initial Slang Sanctuary podcast. Palmer Wilkins! It is, uh, today is November 6th, 2018. I'm here with the pianist, musician extraordinaire from Richmond, Virginia, Daniel Clark. Boom. Daniel, welcome. Hey. So, let's get into it. Let's talk. Um, we have been, man. We have been we talking been a lot. for a half hour. I know. We should have been rolling this tape <laughs> from the moment we walked in. Um, you know, one thing, just to kind of start a little bit ahead, I listened to your record called Diamonds. Is yeah. It diamonds or Diamond? Diamonds. Okay, yeah, plural. Yeah. What? Tell me about that record, man. And like, when did you do it? Did you do it at? I can. I know that those are those drums, <laughs> the the blue drum. Are they blue, that are the in your rhythm art. Rhythm drums. art drums. Those are nice. <laughs> they have a sound. They definitely do. It, are you playing the drums on that? On that particular track, on that whole single, on those three songs, I am playing. Uh, so are you that. playing everything? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, what's the inspiration for that record? I was just in between, I was touring a bunch and would always just want to record when I, you know, came home. I'd just hole up and dive in. And so I just, I had two microphones I could could do or whatever. So that's like kind of, I would just put them. (laughs) Yeah. Put them wherever and just kind of do it, you know. But on that particular tune, um, I feel like. That's I play. I think I've played the form on the drums first before it was a song. With a like click, I, I just recorded the drums. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe not. Sometimes I do. Mm. I feel like I like playing to a click. Yeah, yeah. Do you? Keeps you honest. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I just like it. I feel like I can kind of dig in or whatever. I don't know. Is that something? Yeah. I mean, it can, I mean, I don't. I just look at it as being helpful. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't necessarily. You know, it's not like you're making the click like a dotted eighth note so that you're, it's like you're playing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the Dave Douglas sort of exercise. Exactly. Joe right, Ravano, right. Yeah, whichever yeah, yeah. guy who does clinics and talks about that, which is a legit totally. thing. We, oh, can, yeah, yeah, totally. we can break that down later. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just think it's helpful in that it, you know, first of all, you know, playing with, you know, a metronome or a click is, is something that's sort of, I think, essential if you're going to be a working musician oh no question yeah yeah, totally i mean how many times has palmer or you know engineer friends of ours told me stories of the drummers asking if the click was speeding up or you know (laughs) and i remember when i first went in the studio and had to deal with that unfortunately i you know studying with howard curtis and Mm -hmm. um who was a drummer based in Richmond and Virginia for many years. You know, you, it was just assumed. Anyway, yeah. so what was that, like, the, the, stylistically, though, uh, Diamonds is a Curtis Mayfield influence, that sort of Yeah, swirl. I mean, gosh, yeah. I don't know. I just felt like I, I connect with that, I don't know, that way of, I always just say it's their, 
with a lot of soul music and the, probably the majority that I like, it's like there's a phrase and there's some space to consider that phrase. And then there's, an, then there's, an, it's like, it, it's like, oh, re- oh, really? Well, then what? There's like time to think that before they're actually saying what is happening next. There's like some, so like, it, so there, all the sentiments are super simple okay. to me. You know what I mean? Um, Sam Cooke is a prime example. You right. know what I mean? We're having a party. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't get simpler than that. That's so sick. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Huh. Cokes are in the ice box. I mean, come <laughs> on, man. <laughs> I can handle that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, what, um, it, are you planning on doing more? Oh yeah, I, I have, a, have a ton I, of stuff. I, in yeah, the bank. I've, I've been I've been working on a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm kind of con- dealing with that currently, which is good. But I have a lot of it. It's nice. I kind of hmm. dove into it. But anyway, but all to say is that song, yeah, is just a simple. All the diamonds in the world can't fulfill what you deserve. Mm. Boom, man. Otherwise, otherwise, it's, you know, it's just I don't know. It's I can I don't know. And the and the, the there's a B side of that a song called Guided. Okay, that yeah. is uh, a similar thing. And there there was even one verse on there that I ended up improvising. And like the second verse, I didn't have it yet, and it was just like was, huh. I don't know. It was just so simple. In the like falsetto that. thing, man. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not even sure why. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're just you're going. Uh, you're thinking instinctually. Well, I do. I sing high, a lot of high backgrounds. Ah, uh, you know, like with Katie and stuff. We do it when did that get recorded when you were um, with Ryan Adams? That song? Yeah. Oh no, that was that was prior to that even. That was some of the first music I ever recorded on my own. Oh, when okay. I got a little setup in my house. At the the place near Crossroads? Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. <clears throat> okay. Well, let's go back. Mm-hmm. When was piano your first instrument? Yes. Your father played saxophone, but he also mm-hmm. probably played piano. Yep, he, and he loved the organ, so I grew up with a Hammond organ in the house, which was kind of sick. Really? Yeah. B3? Yeah, and a Leslie like in her living room. <laughs> oh man that that's, was the that's best not fair. that's cheating no <laughs> no that's legit because he couldn't really play it he just loved that music so much <laughs> he had to have one it's the same thing we had this canoe yeah he got this canoe this handmade canoe off this cat because it was such a lovely endeavor yeah to make this canoe and wow. we didn't use it one time <laughs> Uh, he just liked the, the the craftsmanship. Exactly. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, B threes are just uh, just as furniture, man. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, you know this is totally. I I, I I pulled into a shopping center today, and there was a there was a cat. He had a uh, an old suburban, and on mm-hmm. the license plate said "Old B 3 Oh, Do, was it somebody we know? It's. Steve Bassett. That was Steve Bassett. Yeah, I didn't see the guy in the car. I just saw the. I saw the <laughs> license plate. He was probably in the car. Ah, yeah, small man. Small world. Steve Bassett's. Uh, that's his. That's his tag, man. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you had a B three in the house. You got a piano. So you take. You start taking lessons, or you just. Uh, you have like a teacher <clears throat> Suzuki yeah. method. Yeah, I just kind of took piano lessons, like you take when you're a kid. Like just kind of, I just started, and I remember my 
like we got a call. I was probably I was like five years old, tri level house, you know, they're like yeah. in the middle. My dad yells down, Hey, you wanna take piano lessons? Like super casual and I'm like, Sure. Yeah. We had a little Wurlitzer spin it or whatever, you right. know, always around. Um so I did. <clears throat> um but it was cool, man. I think early on I had a teacher named Delane Floyd who could really improvise, like, mm. you know, in a super Southern gospel style, like all the stuff, you know what I mean? All the flourishes and everything. But she, she's somebody who could recognize that I was into improvising or I would like put a little chord at the end of my little piece. Right. You know what I mean? And she'd be like, well, what's that? You know? So like, I, I remember even starting to learn how to do, um, you know, just, read lead sheets and just charts and stuff and read tunes with her, which is huge, you know? I mean, that wasn't her craft necessarily, but like, you know, I remember Polka Dots and Moonbeams was the first jam. So sick. Oh. Bill Evans. You know that one? Yeah, of course. So, So, I mean, but are you learning like just scales and general theory and whatnot, or is it more like you have a method book? You're going through? Is it just more or less of a system? More like just what I was mean, ever? I not, mean, not until, not until high school when, when we made the change and I started uh, uh-huh. to take with um, Russell. Oh, okay. Um, that it was sort of like, okay, hey, it's time to let's step it up. Can you tell who, who's, who is Russell? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that might be its own podcast. <laughs> Because we're going to slowly work our way through the Richmond and greater uh, Virginia sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. pool of musicians here at the Slang Sanctuary podcast. But you, So you're taking lessons with him. Mm-hmm. Did you know Bob Hallahan as well? I only met Bob when I was in college. You know, looking, looking to go to college and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know yeah. what I mean? But taking with, you know, Russell Wilson is kind of like, yeah. So, so does he have you now start going through tunes and um, yeah, it's more of a jazz approach. Yeah, 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 totally. But okay, so why that's going? Yeah. Well, but it, I, the night and day was I went to I went did the Berkeley summer program. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, after my sophomore year of high school, so that's five weeks in Boston. Okay. You know, kind of like no. No rules, no curfew, no whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> kind of dangerous, yeah. actually. But it was the first time I was around kids who were as into music as I was. And you wh- know, like what was, everybody. What know was know what the mean? faculty scene? Oh, I mean, I, I honestly, I don't remember yeah. any specifics regarding yeah. that scene because it, it it was a lot. I mean, it was like a, it was a lot happening like around. But I remember the. And it's funny, I, I wish I remembered the cat's name, but the, my private teacher when I was there for the five weeks, kind of a serious dude, he was like, um, he was sweet. And he was actually sympathetic to my, my James Taylor love at that point, which I appreciated, <laughs> you know, being in Boston. Yeah. But he basically kind of sh- like took what I was doing and was like, hey, this is what that is. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, this is a... Two five one, or you know, just uh, just starting there, or whatever. Like saying, like this is what it is. Yeah. 
And so it, it was definitely night and day after that, hmm. you know. And, and where'd you go to high school? Atlee High School in Mechanicsville, Virginia. And so you go to VCU at, from there. Mm-hmm. And maybe we could circle back around to this. But, mm-hmm. you know, the one thing I wanted to talk to you about was, you know, your VCU experience. Um, First of all, because the, the crew you you kind of developed there with, you know, the pe- people I think of would be like Robbie Sinclair on drums, mm-hmm. Curtis Fye on bass. Now, he went to high school with you? Yep. Toby Curtis was a year younger than me, yeah. And was Toby Whitaker trombone? Toby, yep. Uh-huh. Yep. And yeah, came up in Mechanicsville. And was Killily, uh, Colin Killily, saxophonist, mm-hmm. was he there the first year you were there? At VCU? At VCU? Yeah. Colin younger? came, I think, three years later. Okay. And then um, who else was there? Who, who am I forgetting? Because it was a really, it was like, was that really the last class that Doug Richards kind of shepherded through in a way? Yeah, I think so. I mean, even I still had probably a year or so after Doug left. Okay. Even. Yeah, yeah. We didn't leave, but or or you know what I mean after it switched over. Yeah, but yeah, it's a good um, experience. Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, it, it's yeah, it's something. I mean, when we started there, you know, it was like the the seventies green carpet. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> you, I mean, just the facilities were not happening. <laughs> yeah. But there was like beauty in it, you know. But they were being used, and that's why they weren't happening. You know what I mean? Just it was like you know, cats were in there like working stuff out. You know? Yeah. For those who don't know, that um, VCU Jazz um, building was an old church. Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Exactly. Is that where you were yeah. hanging? Because mm-hmm. yeah. That's now knocked down or whatever. A, or, or well, they just expanded upon expanded. it. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't. It's not quite the same. But it's not, yeah. Because you could go into that building. Like I'd go in there. I was at University of Richmond, uh-huh. and oh, right. I was because I played a lot with um, the VCU. At a certain point, I was subbing for Howard, and I met Randall Farr, mm. and through Randall, who I think had left VCU, I, I don't think he graduated at that time. Um. But we 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 would be just going in there and having sessions. Dig it. And you never knew who you'd run into in the hallway. Uh-huh. You know, could be Skip. Would be all hours. You know, right. people were hanging out. Right. Skip Gales, Howard Curtis. You'd see um, um, Bob, of course. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I think that a lot of those guys. Well, like especially Howard, you know, I think he was going through a divorce, mm-hmm. so they had time. Dig and it. So it was actually. Oh, dig it. It was sort That's of. true. It's interesting because you know that that faculty was was really close at that time. Those guys were right. all friends and all played together. As far as at least that's my impression. I'd mm-hmm. love to. Hopefully, we'll get some of those guys on to talk. Oh yeah. Oh totally. So you start playing. You get to VCU and immediately is Sinclair there at that time? Clicking. I think he came a year later. Wow. I think he's a year. Uh, what? Well, I think he was one year behind me. Maybe not. Well, I knew him when he was in high school at Roanoke, but right. um, I don't know. Which I have the letters. He wrote letters to you that I have. <laughs> yeah, I kind of remember that. Or some kind of correspondence <laughs> that I have and cherish in wow, a lot of ways, I got to say. 
He was a very uh, enthusiastic <laughs> young man about the drums, man. Uh, no question. He loved the drums. Oh man! So uh, <laughs> and so out of VCU started the band I played in Neighborliness with John Wynn. Oh yeah, John and Wynn, Curtis. John Wynn, saxophonist, singer. Yeah, and that was fun. You know what I mean? We were all just kind of like learning our instruments together. It was really fun. But that was that seemed it would seem like a real band in that. Um, you guys had tunes. You had mm-hmm. your own arrangements of yeah. of standards and whatnot. Yeah, because we had time. And where were you guys? You played at Bogarts mainly. Oh yeah, we That's played a few places. You. you know what I mean? There were there were a few places that we ended up playing. Um, Colin McInerney was in that band too Colin early, McInerney. which is awesome. And then at a certain point, Colin Killley. Wow. Because John went out to Denver for a minute. Right. Remember, John went. It's all in the nineties. So what year was what year, what year were you at VCU? What years? Between uh, ninety seven and two thousand and two. Two thousand one, two thousand one. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Well, because I did, I I I was there for four years, and then I did an, another semester. Okay. Because I did educate. I was get looking to do education and a jazz studies scenario. So I was like, I did a bunch of credits every semester, like a, like whoa, wow. I think back, I'm like, who, who are you? Who who is this guy? Like, <laughs> like so, go getting. Well, what were the teachers there that really uh, made an impression at VCU? Yeah. Oh, all of them. Well, Bob Hallahan was is such a great teacher and was such a, a just a, is a great guy to know, honestly. Yeah. You know, but I yeah. feel like with Bob. He, like, he's able to, like, help you try to, like, find your voice, I think. You know what I mean? I think, you know, he, I think he was, he doesn't force you to try to, Yeah. I don't know. He, he wrote that line really good, I felt like, certainly looking back. Yeah, I think JMU's lucky to have him. Oh, no question. Um, no question. And what about Doug? Tell, get, Doug Richards is a ranger. He ran the VCU's jazz program for over 20 years, basically created it. Um, well, man, you know, so my first, my first interaction with Doug was playing in the all Richmond high school, big, big band or whatever. The, was it all Richmond? I think it was kind of a new mm-hmm. thing, I think, which is where I, I met a bunch of cats. Uh, Taylor Barnett was in that John Wynn ran that band. Oh, wow. But I remember we were playing some bassy tune, something. And Doug, we were sight reading this tune, you know what I mean? And there's all the, you got to, <laughs> and Doug is standing there like over my back, you know what I mean? Yeah. I actually did really good. Surprisingly, I don't, I don't normally sight read very good, but um, uh, like that, you know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. playing like at the top of the piano, you know? Wow. I mean, that takes me back to the rehearsal we just had with Doug. I'm, I'm over there, like, beforehand counting leisure lines. While oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we all were. It was quiet. <laughs> it was quiet. People were nervous. Man, it was quiet, man. That was funny. All these cats hadn't seen each other in years. Yeah. Everybody's all <laughs> like. <laughs> Doug pulled the charts out. I was like, holy. I love it. What are we getting? <laughs> oh, my God. We, 
Oh man! You got anyway, a sight read. So you know, Doug was intense in, in, in the in. He was as, no, well, as a young cat. <laughs> I'm just you know what I mean. He would pop into those rehearsals sometimes. Oh wow! And just be like, oh, Doug's here. You know. So when I got to VCU, I was like, I you know I kind yeah. of knew, had exposure to him, but it, still, it was like when you're a freshman, you don't you, you're not with Doug much, right? As right, I right. recall, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe Colin Killey is because he's like. You know, the whatever, but <laughs> but um, so it was. He was always a figure. So it, it was like took this till the my sophomore year. I think I was started playing in bands that he was involved yeah. in. Um, but man, I mean, and taking arranging classes with him. I mean, it's it's yeah. just special, man. I mean, just to be able to sit down and and, and just hash it out with him, you know. Definitely took it for granted. I feel oh, like, sure. or whatever. You know what I mean. Looking back, I mean for sure. What do you but, do? Two years of a, like jazz ranging one, yeah, jazz like four two. semesters. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. and it culminates. The last one is the Thad Jones big band. You know, Mel Lewis scenario. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doug. Doug. Well, you were asking me before we started taping this um, when I. Sort of my awareness of Doug Richards, because like I was not a VCU um, student, I was at University of Richmond, mm-hmm. so I, I'd always just heard rumors of this guy, and then yep. um, I was aware of Game, the Great American Music Ensemble, on some level, but it was a little bit like when I got to school, was, I was ninety five, uh, ninety one to ninety five. I just was, you know, at University of Richmond, sometimes you're kind of in a bubble out there. Mm-hmm. It's hard yeah. to get out. And so I would go see, eventually I'd just go start going to see Howard play around town with cats. Like, I'd becoming aware of who John Durth is, mm-hmm. trumpet player oh, from yeah. Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. But Doug, I didn't really have much interaction with. I just remember being kind of intimidated. Mm-hmm. Like, if he showed up at one of our, a gig I was playing, I was like, ooh, dig it. I got to play, try to play well here. <laughs> yeah. It's still like that. It is, yeah. But uh, totally. I finally worked with him. I, when, I think it was when Rex got here. Okay. We eventually, I did a, I did like a recording session or a, maybe just a rehearsal and then a gig at VCU. And that's when I started kind of getting to know Doug. Yeah. And it was actually, I got invited to his 60th birthday party at, at this restaurant that in the fan that used to be called, it used to be Con, Consta's. It doesn't matter. This restaurant. Oh, yeah, that place was killer. The Greek joint. Yeah, but it wasn't yeah. that. It had changed. It was something. And yeah, it was yeah. like this this party. And I was like, why am I here? I hardly know this guy. But <laughs> we kind of hit it off. Like, I really, I love true. Doug's intensity. Uh-huh. And he's just a true character. Yeah. And like, you know, you could talk to him about Davy Tuff mm. for like 45 <laughs> minutes. Or like... You know, Mel Lewis and calfskin heads. Oh, man. He's like, yes, <laughs> I was like, yes. who is this guy? And oh, so, uh, yeah. That's cool. Anyway, but that's... But you never, you never actually had a class with him. No, he, he, he famously says to me every now and then, you know, oh, if I <laughs> could oh. have only have had you for one semester. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man. Did he, he say that right. the other night? I don't know. Oh, he's, man, he, that is so funny. He'll he'll bust that out every now and then. Because oh, he's right. I, I mean, totally. I mean, you know. Well, I, my you thing know. is, yeah. I just remember that, I mean, once once you got just to know him, 
Yeah. You know what I mean? It was sort of, he, he definitely, you know, bust your scene right on up in class, but he would bend over backwards to make everything right or to help you. Yeah. He wanted you, know, you to get better. Yeah, totally. Exactly. And you could man. feel that. Which is so killer, you know, special. You know? Yeah. He was a great teacher by all accounts. I mean, not only him, but you have a guy like Skip Gales who's taught basically everybody I know yep. in town that plays, you know. Exactly, yeah. Really fascinating. Totally. All right, so did your dad know Doug from back in the day or what? Uh, my dad, knew, well, I mean, not as a teacher, I don't think. I mean, because he was there. My dad went to RPI or whatever. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then it turned into, anyway. Was he a music major? Yeah. But he, um, uh, what am I saying? Um, I don't think, I'm trying to think. I don't, when did Doug start there? I don't know, it's the 80s. These, yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be, I yeah. don't know, we'll have to figure that all yeah, out. Yeah, 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 totally. But my, my dad definitely knew, like, Bob yeah. and Skip just as, from just Scott being a Taylor. horn player, you know what I mean? Yeah, just being a horn player around or whatever, you know. Um, not through, I don't think, any sort of VCU kind of connection or whatever, you know. But and so just to go back, like your was your father, Tommy mm -hmm. played. He was a saxophonist mm -hmm. primarily, mm -hmm. tenor. Mm -hmm. And did did he always have a band? Like I know he at a certain point he had a day gig. Uh, it was insurance, mm -hmm. maybe. Yep. Yep. But he, he yeah, always he had a band, right? Like he was always, he always yeah. had a band. Yeah. And when totally. did you start playing with him? I started playing in like a beach cover band vibe, that soul <laughs> soul band of his, yeah. uh, in high school, basically. Probably when I, I think probably when I was a sophomore. And so you're playing gigs like weddings and all kinds totally. of stuff. Totally. Like my dentist played trombone in the band, <laughs> like. Killer band. We rehearsed every week on like Thursdays, even, whether or not we had a gig. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like these guys, you know. It's like they didn't play golf. They, they yeah, played exactly. the, in the band. Exactly, which was cool. Um, and I learned a lot from that, from doing all that for sure, you know, because I'd, huh. I'd um, work on horn charts and stuff. And if I felt like maybe like, I could make it cooler or whatever, like have some, you know, make, oh, well, this note would be kind of funkier or whatever. Well, what, what was the band? Like, what was in the, what was the lineup? What was the... You mean the horn section? Like, you had full-on rhythm section, keys. You're playing keys, yeah, keys guitar, guitar, bass. Bass, drums. There was a vocalist and then three horn players. I also played trumpet back then. Oh, yeah. So it could be four. Wow. When it's time for four. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, <laughs> uh, trombone, tenor, trumpet. Wow, that must have been great. It was really great. So you're getting great. paid? Like, your dad's like, here, it's like, a, yeah. Just give me your cut. Totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really fun. Re I mean, special times for sure. And yeah. so, okay, what are you listening to in high school? Everything? Yeah. You know, did you have, like, what was, like, made a real impression or influenced you, do you think, looking back? Um, well, early on, the, the one, there's this one thing that always comes to my brain, and it's way, it's kind of earlier than high school, but it was this Phoebe Snow record. What? I think I ended up buying randomly, and my mom tells this story too, but a, this Phoebe Snow greatest hits record, you know, and she, 
she had some tunes. She kind of like dipped off the scene, but she had a sick version of uh, "Standing on Shaky Ground." It's so yeah. sick. Um, anyway, but she, you know her <laughs> scene. Was, but it's kind of weird, and like I fell in love with that tape. Wow. <laughs> like what? The cassette tape. You know what I mean? Wore it out. Yeah, exactly. So that was a big one. But other than that, you know. What year is this? What year you in high school, I guess, like in the I, 90s? Oh, 90, yeah. In, when I was like in college. Mid, yeah, 93 to 97 vibes. Okay, yeah. Mm. So are you listening to like what's happening like on the radio then? Like, yeah, I don't know some, what, you two, you know, Octung Baby or something? I don't even know what I, year that I, is. I wasn't really into much, like, honestly, of what was happening. I mean, you know, like. Ben Foles came along kind of uh, around then, you know, which was kind of cool as a piano player, you know. But yeah. for some reason, I still hadn't signed on yet. I signed on to him much later. Yeah. Um, um, grunge? Yeah, I just, grunge? I tried. I mean, yeah. I, I... Yeah. I mean, Nirvana was, like, really good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. I mean, like, so it's like, tunes. it's not hard to like them. And it was whatever. everywhere. Yeah, everywhere exactly. You, look, you know. I mean, those melodies are wild. Oh, it, yeah, yeah. Classic. Yeah, yeah. Great song. So, but uh, yeah, but just a lot of a lot of soul music. Ah. You know what I mean? And and I mean, I wasn't going around listening to the music that I was playing always or whatever. Like, but I think it was sort of half like, oh, I gotta learn this horn chart, you know, for it's your thing or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, this is sick. And so yeah. then I end up playing it for my buddies for six months or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, because we're yeah. all like discovering that music huh. um, for the first time, you know? And what about the jazz with pianists or just musicians in general? I mean, um, I mean I, I another weird one. Um, another weird one was what really, when I heard, like, like, that's what I'm talking about. Piano specifically was Shirley Horn. Shirley Horn's piano playing. Huh. Was like my dad had that one record that she did. It was maybe it was uh, Miles was a sideman on it, and it was one of his last things. Huh? On sideman on like a song, like featured okay. or whatever. But you know, and her trio, those guys are just so just so yeah. nasty, and her playing is just ooh. It's huh. so puffy and yeah. so much space. I don't know. There's something about it. I was just like, what is that? Have you seen her live? I never. never? Yeah. Mm -mm. Okay. And then. So I mean, oddly enough. Yeah. That's, always, that's, a, that's a weird one. Yeah. You know? But then from there, um, I think early on I got turned on to Don Grolnick. Yeah. Okay, which is kind of wild. But I got turned on to him being a fan of James Taylor. Right. And then, I mean, in a lot of ways, I mean, this guy, I would say Don's kind of like my idol, like in terms of just uh, musical personality. You know, there's like humor, there's, he's just so, so he's dialed, <laughs> but simple and yeah. so complex and the whole thing, you know? So I just really, so I, I, I loved his playing with James Taylor. Right. And then went digging into his scenario, and he had these blue note recordings that are for like th uh, three or four horn and rhythm section kind of writing. Like some of the Brecker, 
Yeah, and, yeah, different rhythm sections. Uh, Bill, Bill Stewart. Stewart and then Peter Erskine, I think. There's one it? record of his at the end of the tune. They're kind of, I feel like it's a, like a, they're in a Latin kind of vamp, mm-hmm. and they quotes from uh, um, a Blind Faith tune. Donna Grolnick does. Yeah. Oh, killer. And the horns ants. It's like this, oh, it's this riff. Uh, and the horns catch the last thing. Oh, yeah, nice. Anyway, and I was like, whoa, that's a blind faith. Nobody quotes blind faith. That's killer, man. Gonna be paying the royalties. Yeah, my classic rock. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, did you ever talk to Dirth about Gronick? Because then they hung, right? They were, and they played again. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was that, that was in a way like, Part of me just being so honored to be a part of that, yeah. that whole, that's you know, that's, thing. That's, wow. But, but so just his, the way he was able to like support JT and be a part of that scenario, right? And, and records. I mean, he, he was he's been with him for years, but I was able to see him one time before he died, which was cool. He died in the nineties, heart attack, early, um, yeah, uh, or some kind of cancer, yeah. Uh, I can't quite remember. I just saw, um, you know, Roy Hargrove just <sighs> passed away. Yeah. And I, my dad and I were reminiscing. Um, we went to a place called Bradley's. Mm. Did you ever hear of this place? Mm-hmm. It was a, it's like a famous like mm-hmm. jazz room in New York City. Right. And it was mainly pianists would play there. Like mm-hmm. They didn't always have drums because of, uh, I think, noise. Orient- I see. It could be noise or it could have just been the cabaret scene up there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But all these pianists would always be hanging out there. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't remember who the hell was playing piano, but I was sitting at a table with my mom and dad, and I was in high school. And Roy Hargrove had just kind of gone on the scene. Oh, dang. I was probably a senior in high school. And him and Antonio Hart, mm-hmm. the alto player, mm-hmm. were like, Roy was was, was kind of on the gig, but he wanted to get Antonio to sit in. Mm-hmm. And I guess they were friends, right? They played sure. a lot together. And so the whole time they were like right by us, just like, and Antonio would be like, hey, can I go up on this one? And Roy would be like, no, 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 not yet, not yet, oh, not yet. Man, and he'd go oh. play some more, and he'd come yeah. back, and Antonio would be like, can I play on this one? Yeah. No, no, ne- ne- next one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Man, finally when they did play, it was amazing. Oh, man, killer. I, I was I taped it with my little handheld cassette recorder oh, under the table. Really? Yeah. What's the jazz? Ah, I can't sing. Yeah, sure you can. Anyway, we'll think of it. Somebody. We'll catch it. Maybe. Anyway, it was amazing. Hear that tape? I know it's around somewhere, man. All right, so. All right, so let's go. It's so how does uh, so somehow you get on the Katie Lang? Uh, well, first of all, you get on a Mandy Moore session. How did that happen? <laughs> oh, you know, You're the, funny. <laughs> well, for those who don't know, so I was on a, a recording session with uh, for Mandy Moore, mm-hmm. the singer, and we were up there. We were at the studio called uh, Lair. In Woodstock, mm-hmm. New York, basically, I don't think it's even around anymore. Unfortunately, yeah. David Bowie owned the the mountain next to it. I remember that was a trip. Anyway, um, 
the 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 rumor was that Bowie would sometimes go up there to, with his family, and it was just a clearing with a fire pit, and they'd go up there and just like make a fire. So I at the time was into jogging, and I would always jog up to that oh, thing it with thinking, oh, the Bowie family is going to oh, be... Oh, that would be sick. <laughs> Never happened. I did oh. see a bear, though. So <laughs> so the way the session worked, we we, we were like, did like one week, then we had a few days off, then we were coming up for another week, something like that. And yeah. uh, there was no pianist on the gig or keyboard player, and so we were telling the, the producer, John Alasia, you got to bring this guy from Richmond up. His name's Daniel Clark. You'll love him. Stuart Myers, bass player takes credit for this but i swear it was he didn't elasia never listened to stewart let's nah, face it exactly i got in elasia's ear and said let's bring this pianist up it'll it'll help the vibe this guy's got like he's the rick flair of jazz he's <laughs> extremely enthusiastic <laughs> and we're all like just you know cynical grizzled yeah, that's old awesome, studio man. people and so yeah you came funny. up and the rest is history man oh man yeah. That was so fun. Yeah, I figured and you, that's you owe me that, uh, your career at this point. I mean, it's it's true. And uh, I mean, it's funny, though. It's <laughs> I was thinking about that. I was thinking about, like, oh, I'm going to, oh, I guess there's this podcast we're going to do tonight with Jones. Like, oh, that seems serious. That seems like you should have, like, you should have something to talk about or whatever. Uh, or no, you know what I mean? I was just thinking in my brain, and it was just like, uh, I, I was just like, it was so funny. It got me to thinking about, like, opportunity mm. and how it's really funny how you just never know where like where opportunity will come from no or how, what form it will take or what it will be and it really it's funny because it ends up things that are a massive deal aren't a big deal something as simple as you is just just saying oh yeah you should get this guy right like that's that's a life-changing scenario for me and but it was a, a super simple, yeah, almost like, afterthought for you. No, you know what I mean? Well, what what it was because uh, I mean, it, I just I, in my mind it was as simple as like, oh, if Clark comes up here, it'll be fun. <laughs> be lot, we could use some added energy. Uh-huh. You know, it seemed there was seemed to be some tension on this you know like there was a lot riding on that record in mm-hmm. hindsight i think mm-hmm. and um i was like we need this is not this is not fun right mm-hmm. now let's mm-hmm. get some fun up here mm-hmm. it was that yeah. simple good thinking good thinking and so uh and i think it did <sighs> it did help in some ways um but i know you, you and mandy definitely hit it off musically she seemed like oh totally super psyched you know that that was going on and um and that it was just a because who was it was me and Goldenberg mm-hmm. and Stewart yeah I mean that's it that's was, depressing as hell <laughs> <laughs> come on you guys were good you guys were good well we're doing just so so many takes right yeah, of yeah. the same basic parts that we needed something to just zip it up a little bit yeah if that makes any sense yeah anyway totally. so you parlay that session and then you end up going on the road with Mandy yep. And from there, you, the guitarist on the Manny Moore gig then connects you with Katie Lang. Mm-hmm. Those guys, I mean, the, we had such a great time playing in Manny's band. And it was funny. I was just talking to Alice about this. We were, like, we were playing. Like, we yeah. were, like, playing. 
Right, right. It was really kind of fun, and, and I really appreciated that. You know, like it was it was fun. It was like the best approach to that music, and I think. Yeah. But we were. It was a special thing to be able to do that. I think you know, um, yeah. and so I really connected with the guys in that band. Joshua Grange on guitar. Yeah, he's just a sick musician. Uh, Michael Chavez also play guitar. These guys were just so sweet to me. Um, when I started going out to LA, and you know what I mean, it was just it was nice for are you, sure. Are you still in touch with Mandy at all? I haven't been in a while. No. Yeah. Well, then how does the th- how does the Katie Lang thing go down? Like, how did well, you get the gig? Well, she was interested in Josh, and Josh recommended me, and oh. then because um, I think she was it was time for her. She had had a band for a while, right. with some of some pretty heavy cats, and it was time I think for the just them to switch it up a little bit yeah um and so uh she got well i ended up needing to like audition like i sent some like really bad like computer uh you know (laughs) recorded you know what i mean through like the mic on the computer right because i just didn't have a setup back then but um uh just to play stuff you know and then we chatted for a while on the phone um it was it was interesting you know because it was kind of thing. Because you, you do a lot of different kinds of gigs with her as the, as her piano player. Like you do a lot of things, duo stuff or whatever. So I think it's kind of a particular thing. Yeah, it's um, a real connection. Which kind of also like. leads me back to, in a way, to Don Grolnick. Kind of what I was saying, like just that. Yeah. Being exposed to like his just his scene was really big. I think for me, you know, he. His versatility. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, exactly, you know. But maintaining his own character in almost any situation. Oh, definitely. Yeah, well, you certainly have that, man, you know. For better or for worse. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, (laughs) a lot of that, you know, and I mean, it's arguable, but it's sort of, the the one thing that I think if you have a jazz background, Mm -hmm. first of all, the music and the, culture around it preaches this idea of finding your own sound mm-hmm, indeed. but but also it just lends itself to this like extremely flexible way of playing mm-hmm. that you can kind of roll with almost any situation yeah and still maintain your you know unique musical personality if, if you're lucky enough to have one <laughs> so, <Exactly>. anyway <laughs> totally um so where, Katie, you've played the White House. Yeah. The Olympics. Yeah. Uh, well, you met the Dalai Lama. <laughs> Jeez, man. Wow. Oh, my God. The Dalai Lama. Oh, my God. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, man. That's really good. Uh, yeah. No, it's uh, playing with her has been incredible because she has a super um just her the scope of the music she deals in is so big that it's so much fun you know what i mean i have so much fun you know working with her and writing with her or just dealing with her stuff you know what i mean it's fun for sure we actually just did we wrapped up a tour it was the 25th anniversary of her record Ingenue, which had her uh, hit, uh, uh, you know, uh, constant craving on it. Thank you. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, what that was twenty five years. Yeah, so, yeah. So that came out what, not even. I remember it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um. So it was a big video, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Like, yeah I yeah. remember the video. Uh-huh, yeah. But um, that record's really cool, and everything's kind of uh, in its place on the record. But when we play it live, she really likes to open things up and you yeah. know, work on what's what's best live, as opposed to huh. do everything note by note or whatever from the record. You know. So this particular tour is like really has been really really fun great musicians in the band but we just recorded a, um, a PBS special that's going to air in December which is kind of fun oh great I'm not sure when but oh, there's man. that which is gonna... <laughs> um, well, that's that's awesome that's exciting yeah it is it, it, it was I'm glad we were able to capture this particular tour because it was really fun and so what's what's next with that band? Do you know? Uh, we'll see, man. There might be another run, you know, I think. Of that music? Maybe, yeah. yeah. You never know, honestly. When with this particular thing, it's been in little spurts here and there, so. Uh, did you go, you went through Canada? Oh, yeah. Yeah, big time. <laughs> so how, did you go down to Australia this past time? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. What, are, what are the other markets for her? It's pretty much everywhere. Uh, the She's UK, got the UK. The uh, UK. Yeah. Um, huh. We've we've gone through Europe before, but I don't think it's massive there necessarily. You know. Right. Um. But that's that's about it. Oh, one thing I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. I always find this interesting. So when you're on tour, mm-hmm. what's like the average day? Like, say Ooh. we have a gig that night. Um, let's see. That's a good question because you guys travel. You're flying. No, well, if it's, a, if it's a tour, we're generally on the bus. Yeah, you know, for uh, chunks of it. You know. Um. Well, now I think um, with I have two lovely children. <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah. Um, young, both under two. <laughs> so uh my there's a there's like a a worry element to my day if i'm away you know what i mean Uh, i just don't like you know i mean that's just you know you want things to be smooth for your family right um but that taken away um yeah it's it's really quite a sad life it's uh you, (laughs) you wake up you find the coffee yeah you find the um you find the record store uh, you find the, uh, you know, yeah, you find the sushi spot or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like, man, it sounds it sounds rough, man. <laughs> sound check. Did you I still mention sound that check? I was totally worried about yeah. all of that? Oh yeah, <laughs> so concerned with the family back at home. <laughs> Alice going to the grocery store, changing diapers. It's <laughs> tough, man. It's a real nice time to read. Yeah. <laughs> what um do you guys still sound check when you can? Yeah, yeah, we sound check. Yeah, and is we'll it, play, which yeah, is nice. Okay, you know. that's fun. Man, it's it's really fun because Dave Pilch Yeah. The guys in the band can all are all we can just play, you know. What yeah, I mean? Who's but who's in the band at this point? Dave Pilch on bass, Andrew Borger on uh drums. Great. He was on those Tom Waits records yeah. and uh, Nor Jones. It's just really great cat. 
Um, Rich Hinman on guitar and pedal steel. Greco Barato, great Brazilian cat. Oh. Um, huh. All those cats can play. So it, it's nice. So when I was on the road with Ryan Adams, you know, which is totally fun. Our, you know, our sound checks would be crazy. Sometimes we would, sometimes we wouldn't, whatever. But like sometimes if I, I'll find my moment, you know, I'm over there and I'll be like playing the piano. I'll be right. actually playing. Hey, here's a guy. He's playing the piano. Right. And then inevitably those cats would start making fun of jazz and they'd start yeah, to, yeah, yeah. you know, pair it. It would yeah, become yeah, yeah. like this joke. Ugh. Yeah, I know. At a certain point, I was just like, I, I like broke. I was like, oh, you guys, like this yeah. is so annoying. But <laughs> with Katie's cats, man, we could just, oh Stretch. man, it's just on. Oh, it's so nice. Awesome. Wow. So nice. Anyway, uh, but we do sound check every day with Katie for sure. Yeah, I wonder, what, what is it? It's an insecurity that those guys, a certain type of musician that doesn't understand jazz and its derivatives the improvisation thing yeah totally and so there's just sort of like this insecurity and so well what's the first move is to <laughs> make fun of it ah, it hurts my feelings exactly well they would all tell you the same yeah <laughs> so. that's cool well I, I saw that band in charlottesville sitting next to your mom Oh, killer, man, uh, with Ryan? It was an amazing uh Was that the concert. night he sang a song? Yeah, Mom Gives the Best Hugs. Oh, and, that's killer. I've never, yeah, it was, I love that. That was so fun. He almost has like, uh, I don't know if performance art's the word, but there's a, like, uh, he could have been a stand-up comedian or something. Oh, man, it is too funny. Yeah, his sort of, it's almost half interaction with oh, what's man. going on at the gig in the audience. Totally. And then busting out some... Yep. You know, amazing version of X song. <laughs> you name it. I know. It's, sort of, it's fascinating. It's true, man. It really is true. It's wild. And he's always he's always like that. I mean, he, he can just like turn anything into like, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. So funny. Okay. Um, <sighs> I wonder how long we've been talking. It seems like a long time. Well, listen... What? Long enough for me to maybe open one of these. Yeah. You know, one thing, uh, just for those who might have made it this far into the podcast, you know, one thing that the sort of agenda is to, it's sort of to have an oral history of Richmond and Virginia jazz musicians mm -hmm. and what they do to being in a market like we are, which is a small city, to make a living. Um you know, Daniel's done some amazing things. He's played, he's, he's met the Dalai Lama because of playing the piano. But, um, you know, you not only do that, you, you still will play almost any kind of gig you can name. Oh, totally. In the last year, I've probably played, I've done probably recording sessions. Um, we've played like, like at some dive bar oh yeah playing jazz mm -hmm. and sort of you know original music and you've probably played some sort of what i call society gigs like a wedding or something mm -hmm. just you're just a working musician at the Always end of the day been, man is that you know? something you're that comes from growing up with a father that's a musician being around musicians or just liking to play i think so man i think at this point i can safely say yeah because 
I didn't think of it like that uh-huh. back then or what. I didn't know what my trajectory was going to sure. supposed to be or whatever, you know. But um, I definitely have always had that, like, you know. Play the gig. Yeah. Job site. You know what I mean? That's are the you, job site. Are you teaching at all at this point? I'm in and out of it. I mean, I, I miss it when I'm not doing it. Oh, well, one of the biggest things, that, uh, you know, it's especially in terms of Richmond is um, Spark. Yeah. Live definitely. art. Yes. And so where are we with that right now? Is that going on? Are you organ- – Live art is uh, – Yeah, can you explain what that is? It's an incredible all-inclusive program that takes typically developing students and students with a wide array of special needs. Yeah. And they're all in these classes for about a school year, basically, that represent a lot of different art forms. Could be dancing, could be music, could be um, spoken word. There's, and it's, the classes are incredible, but it culminates in a performance with local musicians and some national musicians. Who are some people that have done it? Katie Lang. Katie um, Lang came and did it. Michael McDonald. Michael McDonald did it last year, which was just incredible. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Keb Mo came and did it. Yeah, I was at that one. Um, Love Cannon was the house band that year. That yeah. was fun. Um, a lot of people. Uh, Rob Thomas has come and done it. Jason Mraz does it every year. You know, he's he's a his sister a part is, of it. Runs the program. She doesn't run it. She or works at Spark. Okay. Um, she's a big part of the uh, the program and it running for sure. But. That yeah, that's a that's a, a all year kind of constantly developing right. thing because once the once the performance happens, then you're thinking about the next year and classes and what that's all going to be. And it's incredible what they do at Spark, truly. Yeah, it's a powerful event, and I mean, it's it sells out like I don't know what the Altria is that yeah five mm-hmm. six thousand performance scenario oh no I don't think so it's not that many three thirty five hundred okay yeah it's a pretty special event yeah, yeah. well um, yeah that's a highly recommend it's great man always going to that for sure and that there's a PBS documentary or there's a, there is and there uh, there's a, there will also be a film of this last. Like a, a concert film, you know, with, oh, with wow. some context and in, in, you know, shot in between. Huh. But um, that will be coming out uh, PBS related. Killer. I saw, I'm sorry, I don't have more information on that. And so, what's next? Just raising some babies. Raising babies. Um, yeah, I, uh, Are you working with the space bomb guys. At- working with with the space bomb guys a little bit, which has God, been you- really fun. You did a session with a singer-songwriter from New Zealand. Yeah. And I did one the following week with also a singer-songwriter from New Zealand at the same studio at um, oh, right. Montrose. Oh, I heard about that. That's, <laughs> That's crazy. So weird. I, I told uh, Al, Al Weatherhead was, was the producer. <laughs> awesome. I was like... I love Al. Yeah, they can't, you can't find you know, musicians out in Midlothian. We have to get them from New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. Anyway, all right. Well, thank you for doing the podcast. Yeah, man. Of course. I'd like to this thank. Really um, oh, Melissa Peskin has helped me with uh, the sort of the tech side of this uh, project. She's gonna. Um, she's created our website, and 
definitely the great Palmer Wilkins running the board here at Scott's yeah. Edition Sound yeah. in the uh, cozy, beautiful confines of Scott's Edition. You gonna have a theme? What's the story with the theme this time? The theme, the theme song. Yeah, you're gonna have a theme. Yeah, we're gonna take a couple of my tunes, put one at the front, and really? then one at the end. Which tune? And I'm gonna do a little intro, kind of just you know, um, not exactly sure. It might be Southern Girl at the end. Oh, I think it would nice. sound kind of good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming out, but um, we're still working out the kinks. I mean, it's the, gotta be. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> we'll try Crackers. to get that in there sometime. <laughs> At some point, we'll try to get that in there. It's, it's like 2002. <laughs> totally. 2001. Oh, we didn't even talk about our music that just came out, man. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a, <laughs> that project was, you know, kind of strange in some ways. Definitely. Because you just said, hey, come over to my house and play drums. I'm going to record it. And then I'm going to make music out of that. And yeah. I was like, whatever, man. And I, I think I might have had one of my kids with you me. You had both of your kids. I took them upstairs, and we just played for a half hour while you just yeah. laid down these tracks. <laughs> but I did tell you that to think, like, oh, if you can do them in, like, two or three minute, like, increments, whatever. You can play free or whatever. Just kind yeah. of maybe think in terms of, like, pop song. And so then Daniel took those tracks and made songs out of them. You can go listen to them. At my bandcamp, uh, brianjones.bandcamp.com, and it's called. We're calling it Daniel Clark's Year of the Ox, <laughs> and the record's called Uno, and uh, it's a it's a cool project. Ooh. I think um, in it some cool. ways it encapsulates a lot of the things that you do That's in terms kinda, of yeah. you know which without I, singing falsetto. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> totally. But that's maybe coming next. No, totally. Well, I, and also I had. You did about four or five tracks of drums that I made music to, and then I went and made music to probably a click or not, but to about four other songs that then you came back one other time and just played to the songs, like having not heard them. <laughs> yeah, at all. No, like I was gonna I was gonna get drum sounds for the one. There's the one um <laughs> it's the uh, Westover Hills Guardian Angel or Guardian yeah. whatever it is. Dude. I was just going to try to get drum sounds, and he just started playing, and it was just like, okay, well, that's that's that. <laughs> <laughs> well, really fun though. One thing when we've been playing a lot in a lot of different situations, sometimes it's better not to hear the music before you play it. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Anyway, thanks so much for doing this, yeah, and uh, until the next time. Indeed, thanks, Steve.